to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I am Jay and tonight... Um, we have a number of topics uh, that we want to talk about. And I want to start off by talking about sacrifice. Very often we, we pay at lip service. We talk about uh, people sacrificing their lives, people sacrificing their time. Uh, we hear people talking about sacrificing their family. And, and sacrifice really is an important topic uh, for a lot of people. During uh, covid Firefighters were still coming to work, still doing the job, and uh, that sacrifice was on display. While others were home with their families, while others were were cooped up, um, firefighters had the same schedule. They were doing the same things. And so it's interesting to me how during all of that, during COVID and, and other periods of uh, where the whole nation is, is sort of struggling through something, that uh, firefighters are put on a pedestal. And, and we see it all the time, but, but we, we certainly uh, saw it then. And then as you transition out of that and, and then back into what passes for normal, um, people forget that sacrifice, just like people forget every sacrifice that's made. And when I say people, I don't mean everyone, uh, but enough do to where it is always a little bit disturbing to some people. Um, Yesterday I had a conversation with an individual and he was talking about uh, how uh, he was upset because their department uh, was going for a a raise and it wasn't a big raise, It's it's a bump. And how uh, their uh, city council uh, was always praising them, constantly praising how well they work and all this, but they hadn't had a raise in a while. They, uh, they went to a budget meeting and were told, no, it's not going to happen. And he's going, he's pretty upset about it. And uh, so we got to talking about it. He wanted to bend my ear, as it were. And I told him, I said, I am never surprised when people forget sacrifice. Um, I'm also never surprised when a decision goes against the fire department. Simply put, it has been that way, is that way, and will be that way in the future. The reason it the reason for it, I, there are a multitude of reasons, but the reason I'm not surprised is because of history. Um, lip service is paid uh, to firefighting just as it is to the sacrifice of, of uh, the military. Um, all these super patriots that are elected quickly forget uh, about the military, quickly forget. Uh, during budget times. Uh, 
you know, you're never surprised when someone who hates the military forgets about the military during budget times. But when you get these people who, man, you know, they wrap themselves up in, in, in the service of the military, and then when it's time for budgets and so on and so forth, they forget. The, the same holds true for firefighting. And, and look, let's look at it this way. Um, you can't get everything you want. There, there's, no, there's no fire department on earth that gets everything they want. But you would like to, you would like to bat well. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes you get things you don't need. Uh, sometimes you... you and also it kind of dovetails nicely into, into my next comment. Uh, is, you know, sometimes you get things you don't need. Sometimes things are purchased for the fire department that should have never been purchased. And they sit around forever. And I know fire departments that will buy brand new stuff. Brand new. And never let firefighters touch it. It's saved until later. So, I, I think sacrifice is something that is done. Firefighters, firefighters do it a lot. And the expectation of reward, um, it can sour you quickly. It can. And I understand people saying, you know what? How come we're never recognized for anything? Because it happens. It does. And it's unfortunate. And my advice, the best thing I could tell uh, my friend when they didn't get the, uh, the raise is, you know what? Go to work your next tour. Go to work the tour after that and hope for the best. Because ultimately, that's... Uh, that's what firefighters do. Get up, go to the next tour, go to the next call, and uh, work hard to, to make sure it happens on the next time. In the purchasing of apparatus, there are, man, there are a multitude of, of, of uh, things that need to take place. It's like dominoes. And one bad purchase. So, Somebody thinks, you know what, I'm getting a deal. Um, let's get this really cheap fire truck right here. Let, let's go cheap. Let's go cheap right now. Because, you know what, I want to show the, the city, the county, the state, whatever. I want to show them that we're, we're responsible, good responsible uh, budget folks. That, that, uh, that we take our money seriously. So let's buy this cheap fire apparatus. And... In that moment, it looks great. And then the truck starts having problems. And then the truck has more problems. And then it has more problems. No one's happy. Firefighters don't like it. It keeps breaking down. You want to frustrate a crew? Make them have to switch to reserve apparatus regularly. Been there, done that. It sucks. Fire apparatus is an investment. And you have to take care of that investment. It has to have routine maintenance. Um, and that routine maintenance has to start from the beginning. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you're a type 2 diabetic, um, 
you go to the doctor and they say, yep, you're a diabetic today. And uh, it's, it's too late to go back and start being smarter about your food choices. You can start smarter now and help yourself down the line. Same with apparatus. But if you want to last for a long time, you have to begin before. And it's the same with, with, with fire apparatus. It, it's not just enough uh, to, to do an oil change every now and then. It's not just enough to, to routinely fix the items, adjust the items that are fixable and adjustable. You always play catch up. And, and when that's done, people go, I don't understand why this fire truck keeps breaking down. I do. You didn't take care of it. And it's an investment. So the people who decide, you know what, we're going on the cheap. We're going to buy this particular rig, this particular truck, this, this engine. We're going to buy it. And we're going to save ourselves 90 grand, 100 grand. Yeah, that's what we're going to do because we're responsible. We're responsible people. Yeah, you're responsible. You're responsible for purchasing for your city, county, or state a piece of fire apparatus that's not going to last. I can't tell you exactly how bad it looks when there's a wasteful purchase with respect to any equipment, but especially when you get up to the big budget items, engines, bladders, rescues. And people will go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save us 50 grand this year. Okay. But then in three, four, five, six years, you're going to spend 50 more plus inflation. Plus. And you're going to spend more in maintenance. And you're going to look like an idiot. People who want to go cheap, you get what you deserve. Your department becomes what you've created. Now, I don't mean that every department should go out and say, hey, what's, what's your most expensive engine? Oh, really? I'll take it. It's not what I'm talking about. Part of buying any piece of apparatus is asking the people who know more, who know most. That's the people who ride them. If you ask them, they will give you a list of stuff. One or two items might not be what you want. But anything that makes their life easier on the fire ground is worth it. Don't go cheap. It is a morale killer. Departments that are struggling with morale... You got to take care of pay. You got to take care of benefits. You got to take care of people. You do. But there are other things you can do. Wise investments of fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars that will help you to maintain your morale. And I'm a firm believer if you have someone in your department, one or two people who really know apparatus, who who have an intuitive understanding of what works, you've got a gold mine. 
listen to them. It's not enough to go and listen and then not do anything with it. Listen to them. Take what they're saying. That will help later on. Apparatus is a, it is, it's an investment. Buying fire hose is an investment. And the people who have to use it should always have a major say in what you purchase. It just makes sense. And just because you're a, a you know, a, a senior company officer or a member of a command staff, whatever, does not mean that you know more about what's needed at that particular moment on a piece of fire apparatus. Just doesn't. And if you hadn't ridden a truck daily for a while, man, make sure you include the people around you, your people, and listen to them. People will come up with some interesting ideas that at first you may go, I don't see why we need that. Why do we need a who-dipsy valve on the rear of the truck? Well, that who-dipsy valve may very well be something that saves your you-know-what one day. Maybe not. But there's a more, there's more likelihood that it will than it won't if you include the right people and listen to what they say. That's one of the interesting things about true leadership. True leadership is about making tough decisions. That's your job. True leadership is also about understanding that you're not the only person who can make a decision. Further, your decisions need to be informed. And it's not just about what you know. It's about what you take from, from uh, the people you supervise. Because a lot of times they have great ideas. I saw a story about uh, uh, a fire apparatus accident. And, you know, interstates, we, we, we kill people every year. We do. Um, and it, it's not always just the apparatus getting hit. You know, you, you respond to call on the interstate, and uh, um, you get there, you, you try to park in an advantageous uh, position, which is always difficult because sometimes you have to uh, you have to give up a good spot in order to block some traffic. It, you do. Um, I uh, was uh, riding with the department, and uh, we uh, we used to make quite a few calls on on interstates, um, three interstates, and there was a. Uh, uh, I happen, I wasn't there that day, but but the company that I was with um, lost a guy um, car drove through uh, drove around emergency vehicles and ended up uh, hitting a young guy and, and young firefighter and, and killing him and it was devastating for that department obviously it was devastating for the family and friends uh, it was also devastating for the department and and uh, this department good-sized department, over 30 stations. Um, their uh, chief and their operations chief and, and their uh, uh, first assistant chief uh, sat down and they decided, you know what, we're never just going to send an engine out on an interstate again. It's just not worth it. They started sending uh, aerials or another engine to help block to give them 
two blocking apparatus. And of course, <clears throat> uh, you know, there was some pushback on it. Not much, but there was some uh, about putting, you know, these these uh, these engines or an engine and a ladder on the interstate. But but what softens the argument, makes the argument moot, is when you talk to the family of the firefighter that was killed. Um, when you realize uh, how much money the city's going to have to spend because the firefighters died in the line of duty. And a lot of times we should just look at it and go, somebody lost their life, let's do the right thing. But as we all know, sometimes you have to show the cost. And for some people, the cost can only be broken down into dollars and cents. And this was some time ago. It's, it's been a while. And, and they're still doing it. And the other departments in the area started doing it. It caught on. And we, we started off the podcast talking about sacrifice. Um, when you lose a firefighter, it reframes discussions about safety. It, it pinpoints uh, the, the things that are most important. And if people, if departments uh, try to play the money game on interstates or, or try to say, huh, well, you know, we're not that concerned, uh, it'll catch up with them. Unfortunately, uh, it's always uh, you know, a horrific tragedy when somebody loses their life or gets hit by a car and gets injured. And uh, sometimes those lessons are, pl- are paid for in blood. And it continues to happen. It does. It continues to happen. Lots of times... That's how things change. Used to be a saying when I was growing up, if you got a new red light anywhere in your city, it was because enough people had died to pay for that red light. That wasn't always true, obviously, but it was true enough. And maybe at some point, after people lose their jobs, after people... um, find out the true cost both in human terms and in monetary terms uh, maybe we'll be smarter on interstates and, and it's not just on interstates I mean let's be blunt you can work a car accident on a two lane road and have tragedy strike on interstates the difference of course is speed and uh, that speed can turn into catastrophe pretty, pretty quickly so something to think about uh, an idea or two, and uh, see what's uh, let's see what shakes out for departments all over the country. It's 2023. We're in the we've been in almost two weeks into 2023, and um, accidents are still happening. People are still getting hit. Uh, firefighters are getting hit by cars. It's unfortunate. There's a solution. There is. It's not a perfect solution. But there are solutions, that's for sure. Finally today, um, decisions. 
We talk about decision-making. We talk about bad decisions, good decisions. When a bad decision is reached, oftentimes people aren't aware of just how big it will, it will become, how it will spiral out of control. Now, unless the person is a masochist, most people don't want to make decisions that are going to harm themselves. And this stands whether you're on a fire ground making a decision where to put a line, um, sending somebody to the roof to vent, um, you know, sending somebody into a hot zone, whatever the case may be. Good decisions beget good decisions. And bad decisions, well, you know where I'm going with this. People who make bad decisions tend to make more and more of them. And look, let's face it, we all make bad decisions. It's, it's humanity. We all make bad decisions. But bad decisions will lead to more bad decisions. And ultimately, what you end up with is a mess. Now, if you make bad decisions and you realize you're making them, and you try to correct them, and you say, you know what, I'm going to learn going forward. Well, that's called learning. That's a positive. On the fire ground, in a fire station, in your car, at home. Some bad decisions are reached because people think there are no consequences. Some bad decisions are, are reached because people just don't know. And there's a difference. It's, you know, there, there are differences between each bad decision. But ultimately, and we're going to be exploring this going forward, ultimately, bad decisions that aren't corrected, well, it becomes more than just, oh, well, you know, it's just a human being being a human being. Sometimes it's a reckless person who continues to be reckless. And that needs fixing. And ultimately, nature will take care of the bad decision maker. Um, we see Darwin Awards, we see all kinds of things, but ultimately nature takes care of bad decisions. But in an environment during which you're you know, operating as a firefighter, either in a department, on the scene, wherever, um, bad decisions can kill people, can kill careers. And exploring those bad decisions is an interesting topic and it's something that we're going to be looking at. So I'll leave you with this. If you know someone's making bad decisions, um, make note of it. Learn from it. Because as they fall, um, it's a life lesson. It'll be a life lesson for them, but it's also a life lesson for you. If it's a leader, watch what they do and learn from it. If it's a peer, watch what they do and learn from it. At the end of the day, no matter what we do, one of the things we can do is learn from it. That'll do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow.